Welcome in to another edition of the Cattails Podcast, the official podcast of Weber State Athletics. I'm Paul Grew, Director of Athletic Communications, and pleased to be joined today by the superstar of the Weber State men's basketball team, Dylan Jones, after another season is in the books. Dylan, DJ, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me, man. I'm glad to be we're, here. We're glad to talk a little bit. You know, we we've we talked all summer or all and all season about you know about yourself, but I thought it would just be fun to sit down and and talk a little bit more about it. And, and let's get some of your your feelings of where you stand on things right now. Um, mm-hmm. It's been a couple weeks since since the loss, another another tough semifinal loss to yeah. Montana State in a grueling double overtime game. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts now as you look back on on that Big Sky tournament? It's, it's, it's tough when you see Montana State, you know, um, made it to the champion. I mean, won the game to go to the actual NCAA tournament. Because um, a lot of people just thought, like, you know, the year before, like, whoever made it out of that game alive was going to just, you know, be able to win a championship. Because, um, you know, we uh, both had good showings versus NAU during the year. So, thought we would have been in a good spot. So, um, it's tough to, when I look back on it and think, like, a lot of people have been coming to me and saying, like, like, dang, y'all were just one game away. But I even tell them, like, one game, like, we were one play away. Like, you know, we was, it was just a, a couple missed shots, a couple in and outs, a couple just plays and things from literally being in the championship and hopefully putting ourselves in a position to win. So uh, it's tough. But like I told my team after the game, you know, usually, like, after, like, these tough games, I'll, like, shed some tears and yeah. stuff. But uh, this year was different, you know, because – um, I feel like I've grown up and matured a lot as the years has gone. And, and, like, I told everybody, like, you know, we just battled the defending champs to two overtimes. Um, and we and we literally was one play away from, like, this being a totally different locker room, you know. So um, you got to learn how to just uh, take it, you know. And, um, like, I'm not saying it's okay to lose, but, you know, it's a way you can accept losing, though. And when you battle like we did, when you turn the season around like we did, like, you know, we, we maximized our potential. We didn't, like, we didn't we didn't uh, fall short. And I think, you know, when they make one more play than us, like that game ended, you could just tip your hat to them kind of, so. You know, and you kind of mentioned that in the postgame yeah. uh, at, the, at, the, at the game, you know, at the arena there, yeah. that you handled it different than you did two, two years previous when yeah. you had a tough loss. And even last year. Mm-hmm. So you've changed. Yeah. So how have you personally changed and and, and your game changed over the last year? Uh, I'll give a lot of credit to my coaching staff for, like, uh, sticking with me when I was maturing. Um, like, I felt like early on I just was, um, especially in my career, I was just so, like, ebb and flow, up and down. But, um, you know, my coaches kind of seen it through because they knew, like, where my heart really laid and how much I really cared about the game and, like, Anything in any of my feelings that I had was always like because of positive reasons. So um, I give a credit to them for sticking with me and like helping me grow. Um, but it's just been it's just been a a, a good change. Um, my game has grown. Like I said, give a lot of credit to my coaches and the people I've worked with. You know, in the summertime, um, I've been around a lot of good people that have you know had a lot of good influence in me and been able to um, kind of give me like a good blueprint and a good layout and game plan to just you to get better and keep finding ways to you know evolve and you know I'll give a lot of credit to that to the people around me you know so this season started out two and seven mm-hmm. and things were not looking great right yeah. at that time yeah 
And yeah, you finish it finish it with a winning record, mm-hmm. semifinals in the Big Sky tournament, and third place in the Big Sky. So, what was the reason for the turnaround, the slow start, of the turnaround, and and boy, you got to feel so much more positive now after the turnaround, right? Yeah, um, I think the the reason we were able to do it is because like, you know, we had so I feel like in the beginning of the season we had so much working against us, like we had a lot of new pieces and a lot of players that was taking on new roles. Um, we had a first year head coach, you know, that's never easy. And, you know, those things are just those things that takes time to just grow and evolve with um, and get better at. So I think um, that's a little bit of that. And also like, um, like the way we were, like we weren't just losing it. We were losing games bad too. Like they were like, they were almost not even good games, but um, I think the, the most important part of it was like, and I think it's good that we did it because we can build on it next year is that our team culture, like we trying to, we was trying to set that so much. So like, you know, when you say do things the right way and like help yourself and like do things the right way and it's going to come around and work for you for the better. It's hard to say that when like you're not getting the results like we were getting, you know. But like I just kept telling everybody, just have faith. Like we're gonna be good. Like I don't know when. I can't tell you when, but it's gonna it's gonna happen for us. And eventually, like it just clicked. Like Cal Poly happened, it clicked, and then we had another good game, and it kept rolling. It was like I told the team that even at the Utah State, it was like it's beautiful when it happens the right way. You know, like we didn't like we didn't sell our souls to like get a win. Like we really was doing the same thing we was doing. It just took time to happen. So that's why we just had so much confidence in the locker room because we just like we knew what we had been through and we knew like we just we found out a lot about our team and how we could win. So when we figured it out, it was, it was yeah. Over with, so. Well, and you mentioned Cal Poly, and then the next game was that Utah State game. Yeah, eighteen point underdogs. They're undefeated. Yeah. How about I mean, who would have thought, right? And Nobody. then yeah, and then they they were smoking us at the beginning of the game. <laughs> Down eighteen, I think. Yeah, I yeah, know. Like it was crazy, but. Um, that game is literally a perfect example. Like we literally like was down however much we was down and came back to win that game. Like we just kept chopping and chopping and chopping. Um they're a good team though. Yeah. But uh, you know, we it that was a real breakthrough moment for us in our team though. For sure. And played well at uh at BYU the next game too, and then mm-hmm. then conference. So uh so many people have said this and we we went to Boise and everybody said it, it seems like, but Everybody was shocked that you did not win the Big Sky MVP. Mm-hmm. You and I talked about this before, too, that we thought you were going to win this. But yeah. After you've had a couple of weeks to think that through, I mean, how hard was that? What were your thoughts when you found out that you didn't win? Uh, when I found out I didn't win, um, I won't say I, w- I was disappointed, but, like, like I was telling people, like, like outside of, like, professional, like, um, like me pursuing a professional career, Outside of that, I really didn't care that much. Um, Cause like, like, you know, when you're coming from a small school like this, I feel like titles like that is important. You know, like if you're recruiting somebody at Kentucky, you might can look into depth and with it and like look into it and see like small things. But I feel like when you come from a small conference like the Big Sky, people's gonna just look at titles. Like who's the Big Sky, like who's these award winners? And it's gonna help you, put you in a, at least on their radar. And that's all I was really hoping for. Um, but like, yeah, I, that's outside of that, I really didn't care that much. Um, I think like, I don't need like people's validations that I'm a good player. Like I feel like no coach in the league wanted to play against me and, or us, you know, because they knew what I brought to the table and what my team brought to the table. 
So, you know, I, I know that in my heart. So, like, when I when it didn't happen, it was kind of like, like I, I don't know if disappointed is the word, but I definitely uh, was shocked, though, yeah. because, um, you know, I, I feel like I talked to a lot of coaches actually in the league, like, and I feel like, like I know a lot of them. Like, we, like, like four games and stuff, I'll talk to them. And I was shocked because, you know, it's, obviously it's coaches voting. Um, and I was shocked, honestly, um, because, you know, I think what was it the the I had tied Damien for the most player of the week. Five the players of the week. Yeah. And yes. After all that, it was like <laughs> it was kind of like that's what made it more shocking because I knew I had a good season. I had one of the you know best seasons in probably Weaver State history, and um, yeah. But it, outside of the pro stuff, though, it was like yeah. mind boggling. Though, so. Well, and you played so many minutes, fifty minutes in the championship yeah. as well. But but every, even the last several games, I mean, yeah. you played. So many minutes. We're looking through this, yeah. and you can look at the number of minutes you played. Forty-five at NAU. It didn't come out at all there. Yeah. But that's well, the. But that's the thing. Like, and and about this award, like, do you like? Is this the? Is this the most valuable player award, or is it the best player on the best team award? Because even if you look back in the history, right, and you look at like last year's award MVP winner, you gave it to like Jabril Bello, and I'm not arguing that. But he was the best player on the best team. But he, was he the best player in the league? A lot of people can argue that he probably yeah. wasn't. You know, you got Dalen Coons had a hell of a year. Um, even, obviously, on my team, Kobe McEwen, who should have won it, in my opinion. Like, that's why I feel like a lot of that should be, like, clarified. Like, yeah. Is it the best? Is it the MVP, the most valuable player, or is it the best player on the best team award, and, and it's I mean? fair to clarify the fans too that that the coaches are the ones that vote There's yeah. the 10 head coaches is all that is yeah. it's not a media vote or yeah. anything else and mm-hmm. you know and, and oftentimes it is the championship team usually yeah. well, often at least has has the winner there yeah. you mentioned history and you and i have talked a lot about this but you are special in the sense that you care and have noticed ever since you started i remember as a freshman yeah Obviously, you pay attention to the mm-hmm. history that we have here at Weber State, which started even long before Damian Lillard, too. A lot yeah. of people think it, you know, he started with him, but yeah. we have a rich tradition here. But right. what is it that you've – why is that something that you've noticed and taken a, a, an opportunity to, to research a little bit? Um, I think the main thing is, um, like, like, I'm going through this process now with, like, trying to pick an agent and stuff mm-hmm. and, like, like – Stats and all these records and stuff like those are these are things you can check like factually happened, and like that's why I love looking at these numbers and looking at like what people have done through the years and stuff because you can like people can say what they want this like actually happened you know what I mean um, a lot of people will say a bunch of stuff about things that they've like done like and things that they've doing all this but like like can I really fact check it you know like. That's why I like this history and looking at the history of this stuff is because, like, it's the facts. Like, when I was being recruited by Coach Ray, like, that's when I really started digging to it. And, like, like one th- like a lot of things jumped off the page to me. Like, I, I looked at all these guys, Jared Harding, Dam- Damian Lillard, Singlin, Ballin Boy. These are just the guys, Davion Berry. These are the guys that was recruited by Coach Ray. Right. We never talking about Bruce Collins and um, – and Willie Sojourner and all, right, all of those right, guys. Right. But one thing I noticed was with all with all the guys I just named is they took a massive jump from their freshman to sophomore year. Like, eat all of them. And I was like, I was like, that's not, like, normal. 
because like usually maybe one guy will take like a big leap and it's like okay maybe they were it was their time but like if you look at it like Harding, Singlin, Lillard, and Bomber like they all took huge jumps from their freshman to sophomore years and I was like that's interesting to me you know what I mean because not only are they good players but the coach is basically showing that if you show me that you're a good player, I'm going to let you be a good player. I'm not going to hold you back from that. And, like, I didn't need Coach Ray to tell me that. I seen it yeah. in these numbers, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so that's why I like to look at it, though, because I think it's very easy to fact check it, you know what yeah. I mean? And I think it's, like, a lot of people say a lot of things to you, but if you look at those numbers, it'll yeah. literally a lot of scream at you. Well, it's, it's impressive that you do, and, and – you're the only player, we mentioned this before we started, the only player ever with 1,000 points, at least 1,000 points, 800 rebounds, 250 assists, and 100 steals. Mm-hmm. You're an all-around player. You've been called do-it-all DJ, right? But right. That's special. That's mm-hmm. unique. And you're already you know, fifth in career rebounding and fifth in career steals. Mm-hmm. And you know, you're, you're working your way up there. And maybe that, again, that stuff in the end is more, maybe more fun for us as fans and for me as a historian, you know, to see that. But, yeah. um, but I can tell that you're, you're obviously interested in player development that you're yeah. talking about with Coach Ray and, yeah. and others. Yeah. yeah. I, that's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't go out here and just be like, oh, I'm going to try to get 20 tonight. Or, you know, I just play the game how I'm how I played, you know. Um, and these things just kind of just happen. So even rebounding, I mean, I know you're not. Like, maybe in your head you might have a rough idea, but do you really ever worry about stuff like that, double-doubles, anything like that? No, Does that go I, through your head at all during no, games? I don't try to get double-doubles. Um, but I do gauge – I will say I gauge how I'm playing based on my rebounding. And, like – because, like, I feel like, because I can get 10 rebounds, you know, but, like, if I'm, if I, I feel like if it's a level in the game where it's, like, I might have four or five and, like, I feel like I'm not playing hard enough. If it's, like, an, if we're in the second half and I only have five rebounds, I'm probably not playing hard enough. Hmm. And then, like, it's never where it's, like, I'm, like, counting them in my head when I'm grabbing them, but, like, I've kind of, like, gotten to the point to where, like, I would like tell like Jorge like yo if I, like if if you see I'm not like getting these rebounds like tell me because like I know in my heart that like if I ain't getting these rebounds because I ain't playing hard enough you know what I mean and mm-hmm. it's been games yeah. like that where like I'll have like three or four and then like I'll end the game with like twelve just because he was like you know, you're not <laughs> playing hard like you got to go get some more rebounds or something and, um, obviously sometimes these teams like some of these games these teams be like shooting laces off the ball so I'll like fall short of like some double doubles but like I'll never be mad like I don't get one or something Hmm. like that like nah that's not me well you're first in the country in defensive rebounds at 10.1 almost two rebounds better than than second place you know it's interesting too we look at your there's a few games where you only take a handful of shots I mean the last several games I I think you had to take more but sometimes less than 10 attempts yeah so you just kind of let the game come to you yeah basically yeah because um like, I feel like anybody that premeditates the game before it happened is, like, setting itself up for failure, in my personal opinion. Like, you can't, like, go in a game with a clogged mind thinking you're going to do this, like, before the game even happened. So, um, I think you just got to play it how, how it's played, honestly. So, as you start looking ahead, obviously, you're, you know, your plan is to be here next year. But but for, for pro and for future, what, what do you think the strengths of your game are? I mean, obviously, if everybody looks at the rebounding, yeah. but what are the strengths of your game? I think the strengths are, um, I mean, I think now I'm getting to the cat. Like, I, I can say that I'm, like, a, 
a special rebounder. Um, like I think that's like my that my main trait because like I feel like what I'm doing at like only six six is kind of like unheard of. And I honestly didn't know I was averaging this many because I don't look at the stats that much. But um, like I feel like I'm kind of getting into like that category where it's like. Like that's like different. Yeah. Like not a lot of people can. Especially do that. at your size, like exactly. You said. Yeah. So I think that's what makes that different. But I think when you think about the professional route, um, I think my biggest thing is my versatility and like my ability to play along like other people, and that all comes wrapped in basically the like IQ. Mm-hmm. Like I think like anybody that knows me know that like how well I think the game and not just play it. Um, like I, I see things before it happen, um, and I just kind of like think the game through. I don't just out there running around and I think when you think about the like the pro level that's like important because like a lot of the I mean those guys out there that with vets that have seen it all for 13 14 years like they're out there just they're so cerebral you know and I think I uh, really have that trait yeah um I think like early on in my career like, here like I was able to show like I was like I was guarding a lot of the best players I was able to um just be everywhere I was very active on defense but I think as I've gone here, my role has changed being like more of a playmaker and stuff, you know. Um, it just shows like how much I can literally just adapt to just my situation and whatever my coaches ask because at the end of the day, I'm just doing whatever my coaches ask me to. You know, I don't, that's really all like, like before the meetings, like before the season, like my coaches don't be like, I need you to average 20 this For year. Sure. Like yeah. Coach Duff, like I remember like at the beginning of the year, he was like, just, just be a good player. Like it's that simple because he knows I'll figure it out. Yeah. So. And, and, you know, and you got asked to basically be a point guard at times yeah. on the floor. And so your assists obviously went up and yeah. your steals and so forth. And so you, you, that's why you've kind of known that as yeah. that do it all. Yeah. Um, you talked about the pros and, and, and your plans for next year. Why don't you let, let, the, let the fans kind of know what you're thinking right now mm-hmm. for the summer and, and into next year? So um, after talking with Coach Duff and the rest of the staff, we just thought it would be smart that I – um, enter this year's draft, but keep the eligibility, uh, keep my options open to come back to college. And that'll just basically um, open up the avenues for me to be able to do pre-draft workouts, um, be able to get in front of teams that might not know me, and be able to, you know, maybe get one of the combines, but just basically just get my name out there a little bit more for uh, teams and let's try to get as much feedback as possible and so I can put together a really good year for this senior year. Um, and just, you know, try to figure it out. But um, that's the plan that me and Coach Duff and all the rest of the coaches uh, thought would be smart. Um, yeah, I mean, we didn't talk about it at all during the year. Like, it just happened after the season, so. And that's why you're in the process right now of right. finding agents yeah. and all that right. stuff that make sure you can still come back. But mm-hmm. uh, not only that, but you've also dealt with being recruited mm-hmm. again right. <laughs> multiple times. Right. Not just this year, right? But you mentioned after your first year and second year and third year that what's that like? You, I mean, tell us what that process is like. But you've had a lot of schools, not not directly schools, but people reaching out for you to transfer. Yeah, uh, it's a weird process. Um, you know, this game is before like all the like it's a business first. You know, and people are gonna look out for their best interest and they're gonna do whatever it takes for them to you know put themselves in the best position. And um, I've kind of you know, turn into a good player. So um, they just, you know, I guess are interested in me, but um, they, people, they go around and they'll try to contact anybody near you. Like they'll go through AU coast, they'll go through 
your, your mama, if you let them, you know, they'll go through anybody that know you, they'll just talk to them and just, you know, basically they have that person kind of trying to play middleman and like, um, it's a weird, it's a weird deal, man. I, I really don't understand it, but like I've been here for three years and I've never, um, I don't know like why people still like reach out to me because I think it's very like evident that I'm not interested in it. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's a weird process. But we're talking, do you get text messages during the season all the time from different people oh, yeah, about well, it? Or how does that process work? Well, like, yeah, like someone would call me and be like, you know, I talked to school A or something like and it'd be like, yo, they say they want you. Like, they say you could come in and start right now. Like, and they'll just. And we're talking big schools. Yeah. You know, power fives. Yeah, no mid, no right. mid majors. Yeah. But these are all like. Yeah. Like, these are like, yeah. Schools you but that's been TV. going on for three years. For yeah, you. three years. Yeah, three years, and it's it's a crazy it's the craziest thing. But um, I take it as a compliment. You know, I feel like you know if I wasn't um, doing what they wanted me to do, they wouldn't be reaching out to me or like trying to reach out to people. So um, you know, I take it as a as a as a compliment. You know, as being a good player. But but it could be distracting. Right. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. I mean. In a certain a certain extent, like I kind of just like, I laugh about it personally, um, because like, I feel like all these like schools like they had the same opportunities Weber State did like three years ago, you know, and it, it's not my fault that y'all didn't take advantage of it, you know. So um, it's a it's a it's not. I honestly don't let it get to me too much though, because I feel like it's like it's it's for well maybe early on it maybe did but now it's so like like i've kind of like it's so regular now it's probably like i've kind of gotten numb to it and it's like you know it's, it's always a it's always um funny to me to like when i hear which school it is that's like the funniest part it's like dang like that's crazy <laughs> so. i'm sure they're throwing out money too nil money right you can come and come to this school and we'll give you x amount of money right probably, well you're probably talking big money well yeah that's what that's what like that's what um that's what this recruiting thing is all about. Like they almost, they'll mention NIL before they'll mention anything about how they play, and that's why. Like, I just told people like, like how like I, the basketball player that I am, the one that and the one that I want to become. Like I think is I found it very disrespectful that even if you're gonna hit me about it, you're gonna talk about money before, like the basketball situation. Like I've always cared about my basketball situation more than what any money could bring me. You know. And I just, that's kind of where I've always stood, but it's always. But, but we're talking people. big money. Yeah. And, you know, probably if you're focused on money, that's kind of hard to pass up. Right. But you're looking at the longer benefit. Yeah. Is that what you're doing? Yeah. Long term? I mean, like, I've kind of broken it down, like, kind of to a science now at this point. It's like, if I'm a basketball player and I'm setting myself up to have a basically a good professional career at this point, um, and then if I was to transfer and like take a maybe a lesser role or something or whatever, and um, that's being modest. Like who knows how it turns out, and I might just don't play or something. Um, but if I take money now, and I don't have the year I'm supposed to have, or people don't think I make the jump I'm supposed to have. Now, like when you look back in basketball, I'll be probably starting the process I was gonna have to climb like from the bottom when it comes to like where I'm starting at overseas or something like that and I'll have to really grind it out but I think here if I just 
kind of keep going on the rate that I'm on, I'll set myself up for like a good base. And like, I think in the long run, I'll make more money than I would make right here in the front, mm -hmm. basically. That's how I kind of look at it now to this point. And yeah, I kind of broken it down. But like not that. everybody does that. Not everybody turns that down. Nah. They want that instant money, right? Nah. So that's commendable for sure. You, you've mentioned that you want to stay here, and you basically kind of say to people, why wouldn't I stay here? Is, yeah. that, is that right? Yeah. And it, the, the, to, to go back to the, the money thing, like, the, 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 the major part is this. Like, I think it all depends on who the kid is. Like, I feel like when you think about me, like, I've, I've came from basically, I just like to say I came from nothing. Like, I've never really had, like, all the, the fancy stuff and all the crazy stuff and, you know, single parent mom. Like, I've, that's what I'm from. So, like, I ain't never really had money anyway. So, I don't know if, if some people say that makes it harder for me to turn it down, but in my head, it makes it easier because I can just be. I'm more adaptable to my situation I'm in now. Like I don't, I don't like need money to make me happy. If that makes sense, you know, I've kind of figured out life beyond making or whatever is in my bank account. So yeah, but um, what was your question? Well, after that? no, the the question about staying here. Oh yeah, and why not? But that and that ties right into it because like <laughs> it doesn't make sense to leave. You know, like um, like I'm here at Weber State with a like you said, got a rich tradition. Um, you know, I'm I live in a good house. Um, I have more importantly, I have coaches that care about me. Um, at least they make me feel like they care about me. <laughs> but um, they they I have coaches that I really feel like I believe that that care about me in my best interest. Um, I got a you know community around me that you know show me love. They don't like wish I was gone or stuff. Like I can't take stuff like that for granted, you know, because. Um, like, I, I got friends nowadays, and I got, you know, people around me that's, like, they're, like, in, like, terrible basketball situations, and, like, they've been to three or four schools and, you know, just can't figure it out. And, like, yeah. that's why, I, like, I've just always been, like, why, why would, like, it really doesn't make sense. Like, it really doesn't make a logical reason for me to leave. Like, only people, only way someone could possibly say is basically NIL, and, like, that's not really, like, my, like, focal point you know I don't really care too much in reality so that I there was a game at I can't remember which game but after post game we, we bring you in all, almost all the time for post game interviews yeah. and I remember you talking to the media and you said something like it's interesting to hear what what you guys think yeah basically talking to the media and it wasn't anything negative at all yeah. or anything like that it's just you you guys as players have a different perspective than we as fans or reporters or anybody else yeah and sometimes those aren't the same, right? Yeah. I'm sure, obviously. Yeah. But what, and you know, we talked a little bit about distractions and social media now and yeah. all that stuff. Do you, do you do you get into that stuff? Do you buy into that? Do you like to read what other people think or say I mean, about you? I feel like when I, like, when I made the media comment, it was just, because like, like someone might say like, like Weber's a, like, I don't know, we were good defensively this year, but like, if someone might be like, Weber was a bad defensive team we're not in our heads saying, as players, like, yo, we got to go score a bunch of points against this team because we know we're not good defensively. Like, we, I feel like, at least I do, <laughs> we always try our hardest on defense. Like, and I'm pretty sure any other school that's not that good defensively, I would assume they try their hardest and not just let people score. That's why I just think it's, it's always funny to, like, hear what y'all say and, like, y'all perspective on, like, the team and stuff. 
Um, but I, um, when it comes to reading stuff and like with people saying stuff, um, I think I can do it because I know how to take it. Um, I think like some people like, like when they see something, somebody might say negative about them, they might jump right to the fence and think they got to say something. I've always just been interested to see like people's point of views and like just see like what they see and like what they think. And, um, and I can do it because I don't take it the wrong way. I can't say that for everyone else. But um, I personally just, you know, I just love to see what people say and just like their perspective. And um, it's always just cool to see what people say, whether it's positive or negative. Exactly. You know? Yeah. So. You know, it's sometimes those of us that really haven't played, we're always, especially in the NCAA tournament, you see it all the time. Oh, this team's got to be tired. They played a bunch last night. Yeah. Or or they've got to be extra motivated yeah. for whatever reason. Yeah. I mean, we're probably just making things up. Yeah. But you guys as players think about that stuff. Hey, I'm tired. I played a lot last <laughs> night. Or this guy, I hate playing this guy. I'm going to be motivated. You know, stuff like that. Yeah, nah. Uh, that's, it's kind of like that. Like, I, like, if we're playing like a back, like for example, in a tournament, like playing a back-to-back, like we're not going to be in our heads like, dang I'm tired like I guess you'd be so locked in the moment you'd just be trying to get the job done you know I just think it's it's just it's funny how fans like create motivation for you oh he's gonna be motivated to play these guys yeah. because of and maybe you're not I don't yeah. know per- personally I create motivation sometimes for myself like a like a, a fire within the fire but it's never probably what someone thinks yeah. on like social media yeah. like it's probably something that like no one ever knows you know but <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's, it's always is interesting to see fans do that though, and I and it's funny to like see like their arguments and like and like you know it's probably big with like sports betting and stuff. People's like, oh, they lost like this last oh, yeah. time. Or They're gonna yeah, yeah, like, played four games in six days or whatever. Yeah, it is, like, you know, yeah. I bet a ninety nine percent of the time the players never think like the fans yeah. are. So, well, Dylan Jones, the do it all DJ, that's for sure. We're looking forward to next season as well. You talked about social media just just a minute there too, but. Uh-huh. That I remember last year, at least last year, you shut it off for a while, yeah. right? Just trying to get away from it. Yeah. Do you, I mean, you if you didn't, you could get constant messages all the time, right? Yeah, I think, um, like, I, I try, I've started it since high school. Like, when we really get down a stretch and we just, like, time to, like, really lock in, I really I honestly stole it from LeBron James. He used to do it early in his career. He used to call it Zero Dark Thirty. He used to call it Zero Dark Thirty because I guess for those 30 days, he was, like, not going to just be on social media, tune everybody out, and just kind of go. I, I stole it from him, and I did it um, one time when we, uh, my junior year, going into uh, the playoffs of our state championship because the playoffs start early February, and they end at the beginning of February. So I was like, I'm going to do this, and we end up winning. So I was like, anything that's worked for me before, I've all, I'll usually just try to do it again. I've just done it every year um, when it's time to, like, really get down the stretch and, like, lock in. Um, college is harder because the playoffs are so combined until basically a week. But, um, like, down the stretch of the season and stuff, like, people will see, like, I'll stop retweeting. I'll stop being on social media because, you know, there's a lot of things that you don't really need to see. And, it, and honestly, like, social media is, like, these days, I mean, it's so addicting. Like, like I feel like, like, not, I, I'm speaking for, like, everyone. Like, er, like, you see everybody on their phones and stuff. Like, it's just, it's a different, very different time than how it was back in the day. But... We talked about where we, we as fans sometimes create motivation for you, but yeah. what are your uh, rivals that you would see, that Weber State's rivals in the Big Sky or in state or whoever it is? See, what, that's a trick. Are there some games that you really get up for? That's a trick question. Like, we talk about teams or players. Well, maybe, <laughs> maybe both, but. Um, I would say my rival teams, 
in the big sky was is it's definitely the state of Montana. <laughs> like I never really had issues with Montana State, but like they beat me twice now, so I think that's like kind of just an issue now. Um, Montana for sure, and um, and I'm not like Idaho State. I'm not as mad at Idaho State. They did beat us at home one game that I thought we should have not lost. And I was livid about that, but we won at their place, so I've kind of like gave it up a little <laughs> bit. But I would say my darkest, I go in a dark place when I'm playing against Montana and Montana State, for sure. Those are my, those are my rivals in the league. Define that darkest space. What does that mean, dark place? Like, I'll go like, like I get up for games, but like, it's like a different energy, yeah. though. Like, and and it's not nothing stem from like the past history, and it's it's really from my past history with them, because we've been through a lot. Of, like, I played Montana more. Well, I'm probably tied with Montana and Montana yeah. State now, because I played them more than I have any other team. And three straight years in the tournament, one of them has knocked us out. Literally. All three years. Like so. That's when I say I go to a dark place. I mean not negatively. I go. To, yeah, I really just like extra zone motivation. in. Yeah, like, I really like zone in. Like I really, I really like, like I'll do things like, and I'll go back on the film and be like, like dang, like that was a that was impressive, you know? Because those teams, I mean, and, and credit to them because they're good teams. So yeah, like, yeah. I mean, you have to. It's why that, those games, but that uh, buzzer beater in Missoula had to feel extra special. Yeah. That's why, like, so so people don't notice, but like, we lost to Montana in a tournament my freshman year, and I remember like Coach Travis. He did a he did a post game after, and like I screen recorded. I got it on my phone still to this day. Every time we played him, I watch it. He's just talking about how like he's like very similar to Coach Ray, and like he. He's like, anytime we have players come in, Weber State's a part of the recruiting talk. Like, he's like that's the, he said that, and I'm like, we don't talk about them, but like, ever since then, I've taken like not offense to it, but I remember like, I've just always been like, okay, like, he got a he's got extra energy for us, so I have to reciprocate that. Put it like that. Um, I remember that he said that you know he he said all the guys that come here. We're basically in a banner race with my. We're in a banner race with Weber State, and they're a part of the conversation every recruit. And like, I'm like, dang, like, cause I never we Weber State never talked about Montana when I was coming here, and I'm pretty sure they don't do that with nobody else. So I'm like, if if that's how they feel about us, then we just gotta be ready for extra motivation. Yeah. yeah. Well, of all the things you have going on this summer, I believe there's another thing that you're going to graduate mm-hmm, from sure. from Weber State University <laughs> with a college degree. Yeah. What does that mean to you? means a lot especially like I feel like what I've been through like coming up through school and like you know being a a hard-headed kid in elementary and all of that growing up and becoming disciplined and mature and you know getting to this point graduating in three years um, with like a with a 3.8 GPA like I think it's a good. I think it's my best accomplishment in college so far since I haven't won the championship yet. I think um, graduating is a big accomplishment for me and my family. Um, you know, my brother went to school and graduated. My mom graduated from school, so you know, I've always looked up to the right people. So um, I think, you know, I think that's my biggest accomplishment. Not a lot of people know I have a three point eight exactly. GPA. You know, your academic all district as well. Yeah. And, and you're right. 
Yep. Yeah, but that's that's an amazing accomplishment. Appreciate you did it. mention your brother. Uh, uh-huh. He was here for a game uh, about a month ago or so, yep. which he hadn't seen you play in person, he said, since you were in high school, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but but talk about your relationship with him, and what he's playing professionally overseas, and what you've what, what you've learned and still learned from him. Uh, well, my brother, man, that's like, he's like my, I call him like my father figure because I, n- I never knew my dad, um, and like he always like he always looked out for me, you know. Um, and he's sorry to interrupt, but he's a, what, ten, twelve years older? Y- yeah, than you? eight years. Eight years, eight years older. Eight years older. Okay. Yeah, so he's eight years older than me. But he's always looked out for me in my best interest. Like, I remember, like, because he's seen, like, a lot, obviously, being older than me. Like, he's basically, like, he's, like, I'm, I'm basically living my life through, like, his mistakes in a way. Like, I'm able to learn a lot because we've taken, like, almost the same path. Um, but he, you know, he's been through a lot, you know, and um, I, I look up to him. You know, he's a he's a 5'10" point guard you know and I'm a 6'6 forward but like I feel like that gave me an advantage because like looking up to somebody that's literally had to scrap and cough everything they've had you know um people just looking over him because of maybe his height um he's as talented as a player in my opinion as he come he's leading the uh, Germany league in scoring at that size I mean I think that's really impressive but you know, just people, his whole life is always, like, kind of just, like, almost written them off and hasn't given them this flowers they deserve. And I've seen him basically, like, claw. Like, everyone I've talked to have always said, like, Eric is the hardest working person I've been around. Like, they, everyone said that. And I think I can do nothing but respect that, being a player trying to do what he's doing. And um, just thank God that I'm a couple of inches taller and, like, bigger or whatever because, you know, if I have that same mentality with his talents and abilities – and his work ethic, you know, hopefully somebody give me a shot. So, um, but yeah, I wouldn't be here today if it wasn't for him, though. Yeah. Like, I can sit up here and say that. And people around me could say that, you know. They used to call me uh, Lil E. That was like my nickname, Lil E. So, um, so yeah. Like, I've always been around him. Like, we used to, <laughs> we had, um, like, he used to be at his high school or whatever. They won two state championships. And um, I remember one time we were, they were running out. Like they were running out of the the tunnel you know, to the game or whatever, and I put on a jacket, one of the warm up jackets. I put it on, and like I ran out with the team, but they ran on the court to do like the tip drill, and I kind of got stuck, so I had to run around the court. And er- ever since then, everybody just knew like like dang, he must love his brother. Like ever since that moment, that was a pretty cool moment. But, <laughs> that's special. But nah, yeah, that's well, that had to been so neat to have him come here and finally be able to watch you. Oh yeah, because he hasn't been to a game. Yeah. Uh, in a while because he's been overseas and stuff and like like I say scraping and clawing just to keep his career alive like people don't know like when I was a sophomore like the probably the, the the sunrise Christian changed my career but another moment that probably put me in that realm of space was he was a I was a sophomore in high school and he got cut from the uh, Toronto Raptors G League team he got drafted to the G League and he got cut and I remember, like, he came to the house, and he was, like, uh, he was, uh, he came to the house, and he said, I want to go sleep in the bed. He was, like, I'm going to sleep on the floor. And, like, he made a pallet on the floor, and he slept on the floor for, like, five months. And I remember, like, he did, like, this is a guy that just got drafted in the G League. Like, he's been a pro. Like, he's been, like, had 
like he said it like i came from a five-star hotel and i was sleeping on the floor like this is a guy that really like this is really happening but this happened in front like i seen this like and it takes a different like person to like make it something out of that type of situation but again like i said being that small like um and, and that that year he was sleeping on the floor then he was i kept seeing he kept trying to connect with people talking to people nobody would go and i remember he went to bosnia uh he went to bosnia for like maybe like three months just so he could play for film like didn't get paid a dollar went to uh, another country just to get paid just because he knew like if he didn't play the whole year his career probably would be over and um i remember like seeing that happen like i couldn't do nothing but like it motivated me you know because like if he can do that like i i can't um take nothing for granted you know this man got off the floor and just played in like a, a bad country like you know that league isn't really good but he had to do it because it was the best thing for him in his career and he's turning his career into something based off those you know experiences so that's um, neat. It, it, it turned me into a different player so i wouldn't be here without him so well, Dylan, we can't thank you enough for your time today. It's been so great to listen to you and, and hear your thoughts on, on everything that we've talked about. Yep. And I'll speak for the fans that how special you are to watch. And yep. not only just in the rankings historically, but you're you're one of the best uh, players and people as well that we've had. Yep. So we're lucky and can't wait for next so, year. I know you're excited for next year's team too. Nah, for sure I am. It's going to be exciting. Um, returning a lot of players and pieces which is something that hasn't been done a lot since I've been here. And um, I think we'll be ready to grow off of it. But like Coach Dove said, this would be different because we'll now go from being a new team formulating to now a team with expectations. It's like, how are we handling it? You know, and uh, I think our team got to be ready for that challenge. So we'll be ready. All right. Well, we appreciate you. All the Weber State fans love you. Thank you, man. I'm looking at this. Especially <laughs> it, so I had 20 double-doubles this year. Yes. And you had nine a couple of times. Yeah, so that's, what, that's what I'm looking at. So I had nine, I had 16 points, nine rebounds. That's one short. I had 15 rebounds, nine points. That's another one short. And and there's a, there's an eight and there's nine. There's an eight. There's an eight, nine, seven. Good lord. Hopefully, I can almost a triple double too in one game. That <laughs> yeah, was fun. Portland State eight guys. assists. <laughs> yeah, that was a pretty good game. In Thirty minutes. Oh, 29 minutes. But it's uh, all gives you another chance. Yeah, I had a game winner the next night, right? Sac State. Yep. That's right. Yep. So I guess it was good. You had a couple game winners this year, huh? Yeah. Idaho State, yeah. Sac State, <laughs> a couple times. Portland State, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for your time. Dylan Jones joining us on the Cattails podcast. We'll keep in touch with you throughout the summer and sure. excited for the, the future of the Wildcats. Yeah. Go Wildcats. Go Wildcats.